Hi, this is Sue Burke. Welcome to my podcast. Are you remotely controlled? Of course not. You decide what you read and what you click on. You limit your kids to two hours of internet time after they finish their work. You're in control. Where are you? There are two sides to the social media dilemma. Do you think companies like Facebook feed all the right data to you at just the right time? That you're hooked like a fish? Or are you of the opinion that they're helping us to widen our family circle, connect with long-lost friends, and stay in touch? Maybe it's both. Everyone must agree that this constant clicking, swiping, and liking has impacted our lives. Companies like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, and your favorite search engine all want your attention. They use advanced algorithms to steer our minds, maneuver our thoughts, and in turn direct our actions. Enter surveillance capitalism. What is surveillance capitalism? It's a term coined by Dr. Zuboff, a social psychologist and Harvard University professor emerita. It's caught on. It's a market-driven process where the commodity for sale is your personal data, and the capture and production of this data relies on mass surveillance of the internet. For the first 50 years of Silicon Valley, the industry made products such as hardware and software and sold them to customers. Nice and simple. This has changed. Now the biggest companies in Silicon Valley allegedly have been in the business of selling their users. Every user's ads are personalized. For example, my son's ads range from basketball shoes to jerseys, while mine were completely different. Data collected from each individual's browsing activities. The algorithms developed by computer scientists in Silicon Valley create different user profiles. This is intentional data collection. Users, that's an interesting term. What other activity coins the term users? People who use illegal drugs. And sadly, they often develop a dependency. Ethicist Tristan Harris says that social media isn't a tool that's just waiting to be used. It has its own goals and it has its own means of pursuing them by using your psychology against you. Algorithms mine your likes. Ads and YouTube videos you click on give you more of the same. Harris says, in other words, the tool is alive. It knows you, it's feeding you information you think you want and need, but in reality is eliciting action and clicks as a way to fuel advertising. For example, a major U.S. retail network used customer shopping records to predict pregnancies of its female customers, sending them well-timed ads and well-targeted offers. I have the article link on my website. Recently, Facebook was under fire for taking insufficient measures to protect data privacy of its users. The Facebook privacy scandal centered around the collection of personally identifiable information from over 87 million people, and Facebook allegedly sold our data. <clears throat> Cookies are the data that our computer stores while we're using it to remember specific information for your browsing history. Uh, cookies are ad advantageous for ease of access to research and surf the web. Cookies are also helpful for, for companies trying to sell you something. Our private information is like gold. In fact, Tech Republic has an article that states on average every citizen in the United States has had their data stolen four times in 2019. Have you ever taken one of those quizzes? Sometimes you just have to know which animal you are, which Hogwarts house you belong to. For the record, I'm in Gryffindor. Companies have actually extrapolated and mined data from our responses. In 2019, the Federal Trade Commission sued a political consulting firm, Cambridge Analytica, accusing them of harvesting personally 
identifiable information through a personality app quiz. By just adding the app to your Facebook profile gave the company and others access to your profile information as well as access to all your friends. A study done by UC Berkeley researchers showed that easily accessible digital records of behavior, Facebook likes, can be used to automatically and accurately predict a range of highly sensitive personal attributes, including sexual orientation, ethnicity, religious and political views, personality traits, intelligence, happiness, use of addictive substances, parental separation, age, and gender. Surveillance capitalists regard us as a free commodity. We search Google, but now we understand that Google searches us. We were using social media to connect, but learned that our connections are how social media uses us. Okay, we know we're clicking too much, and we know it's captivating, but what is it doing to us? We know that giants are just getting bigger. Our data isn't just used to sell shoes. Let's look, for example, at political issues. These algorithms can gather information gleaned from voter rolls, such as political affiliation, and reached out to the people they choose. They can narrow their target audience to those who have shown interest in things like guns, abortion, or immigration, based on what the user has read or talked about on social media sites, who they follow, or what they've tweeted or posted about. The algorithms then show one ad to, say, a young woman interested in both school choice and climate change, and a different ad to everyone else. Psychologically, when we read something we agree with, we stay online longer. This gives advertisers more time to sell us the items we clicked on or liked. But what this also does is increase polarity. Again and again, we see the same opinions coming at us. We eventually wonder how anyone could think otherwise because there's no other way to think. What about likes? Are those heart icons on Instagram, retweets, follows? Not getting enough of them or comparing oneself to a friend can have a devastating effect on self-esteem. Tristan Harris notes that we were not really meant to receive feedback on what we do and say every five minutes. And comparison, of course, is the thief of joy. Flip the coin again. Getting likes is giving us a hit of dopamine via positive intermittent reinforcement, which means that we'll be back for more. Since this is a science blog, I must give you a quick summary about dopamine. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter synthesized by the body. It's important for many functions such as motor con control, but also motivation reward, cognitive function, maternal and reproductive behaviors. It's crucial to maintenance of many processes. Unbalanced activity may lead to dysfunctions that are related to neurogenitive diseases like Parkinson's. High levels of dopamine tend to enhance concentration, boost mood, and have a pro-social effect. No wonder we're clicking. There's great value in using these apps, connecting with family out of state, friends out of the country, posting articles or new blog posts, for example. How can we fight back, protect our kids, and protect ourselves? If we make more conscious choices and just not click, 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 we can take control. Cal Newport, a professor of computer science at Georgetown, is highly critical of social media abuses. He suggested that we should use the apps more like professional schedulers and marketing people, which means using them in a predetermined way with set parameters. Uh, you, we could turn off our notifications. Avoid being lured into apps that profit from your attention. 
Reclaim your time by going on when you choose, not when the little red, red dot is calling to you. We can set boundaries, like device-free dinners, or create a shared charging station in the kitchen so your kids aren't charging their phones in their bedrooms overnight. Maybe buy an alarm clock so you don't get sucked into your phone first thing in the morning. We can download helpful tools like website blockers. Self-control works really well to keep me on track and not check uh, what's on sale at Nordstrom's. You can clear your browser cache every time you close it out. You can try apps like Headspace or Waking Up to decompress. Social media serves to serves content we already agree with to keep us online longer. This erodes our ability to engage with people online who don't share our views. To solve problems from poverty to racism to climate change, we have to come together, and that means exposing ourselves to different perspectives. Try following a few voices that you disagree with. Most of all, we need to be compassion. compassionate. <laughs> Social media profits from hate and anger because strong emotions generate more engagement. Remember, there's a real person behind the screen. Don't be so quick to unfollow or publicly argue with someone who posts something you disagree with or make flippant comments that could hurt their feelings. We could take a break from social media, get outside and look at the view, train your dog to do something important, make dinner, or just skip to dessert. The social media dilemma isn't going away anytime soon. With conscious effort, we can stop being remotely controlled. Thanks for stopping by. I hope to see you soon. Take care.